God for the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Amen? You know, I want to take a moment. I want to just pray over you. I want to pray that the influence that God has placed in you for 2020. But before I do, I want to just encourage you in something. And that is when I think about Christ and when he came to this earth, God put on him an anointing on his life. And that anointing was by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he anointed him to do two things. And that was he wanted him to spread the good news, to spread the truth, and to also to bring healing to those that had been uh, encompassed in, in sin. And when I think about the, uh, then when Jesus left the earth, he gave us that same power. He gave us the power of the Holy Spirit to reside in every single one of us. If we have Christ in our life, we have that same power of the Holy Spirit within us. And I think to myself of the influence that God has placed in our lives to do greater things than when Jesus Christ was here on earth. He has placed that same Holy Spirit within you and I to be that kind of an influence. You are the influence of another person that may never pick up a word of God. Your life is an influence. And I want to pray that in 2020, whether you are a student, whether you are a mother, a father, whatever a job that you hold, that God would empower you and surprise you in such a way that you have never seen before in your life. I want us to believe together to recognize that God wants to work in your life in that kind of a way, that you will be a testimony to those that do not know Jesus Christ, that by your prayers, your prayers for another person can make a difference in the healing power that God wants to transform their life in. Would you pray with me on that this morning? Let's join together. Father, we praise you. I thank you, God, for the influence that you have created us to be. And Lord, I pray that 2020 would be a year that we would look back on in great surprise of how you have anointed each one of us to move forward in your will. Lord, I pray for moms. Lord, I pray specifically for the mother in the carpool. I pray, Father, for mothers and their influence over her children. I pray, Father, for fathers and their influence over their sons. Lord, I pray, God, that there would not be a fear of speaking the truth. I pray, Father, that we would recognize that you have anointed us as men and women to stand in the gap, to be led by you, to make a difference in our community, to make a, a difference in our home, and to make a difference in our workplace. Yes. And God, we give you praise for what it is that you want to do in us. We give you praise, God, for what you want to do through us. We give you praise, God, for what you want to do for us as we step out, recognizing the influence that you have made us for. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. If you amen. agree with that, would you just give God praise this afternoon? Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Happy Sunday, everyone. I feel like uh, it's important just to take um, a, a brief moment of silence for the Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> for those of you that care. All right, that's enough, because they disappointed me yesterday, and so to go 49ers for the rest of the year, and um, I have two teams, it just happens to be that the Vikings were supposed to um, go to the Super Bowl, so 
All right, that has nothing to do with today other than I needed to get that out of my system and to uh, tell you that actually we're here to get into the good news. Um, How many know that there's news and then there's even human good news and then there's the good news? And um, the news will generally tell you about the worst things that are happening in the world, um, often from a biased and certainly a limited perspective, but the good news can tell you how things can be and how things are seen by God and how he wants us to see things because the good news will tell you about you and how God wants you to see you. The good news will tell you about how God wants you to see your circumstances, God wants you to see your future, God wants you to see your purpose, and so it's always an honor to get into God's word with you and, um, and to really see it as good news, his good news for our lives. Um, you heard in our video announcements that uh, we started a prayer and fasting, and so if you haven't jumped into that yet, uh, please do. There's 14 days between now and our miracle night, and here's the thing about prayer and fasting. It is something that God has instituted down through history, and it's not just for individuals. It's for a group of people, and so when you uh, pray and fast, know that you're praying and fasting together with a community of believers And we're actually wanting to see things happen for you, but we're also wanting to see some things happen in the Bay Area that God wants to do through you, as Crystal just prayed, and what God wants to do through us. And sometimes it actually takes the concentrated effort of God's people uh, willing to forego something temporary, you know, like a certain meal or a certain kind of food for a period of time for something that's uh, eternal. And a human soul is eternal. The meals that I'm giving up right now, or in my case, the sweets and sugars and desserts that I'm giving up right now are temporary. But the prayers that I'm praying, I'm believing will have some eternal significance to them, and so it is with you. Uh, So join us in that. Uh, We began a series that I think ties into it, uh, 2020, a year of the Lord's favor. God wants to bring more of his favor into your life. Is there anybody okay with that? And uh, here's the thing that I gave you as a definition. God's favor is his blessing, help, and power to accomplish his special purpose for my life. Let's say that together. God's favor is his blessing, help, and power to accomplish his special purpose for my life. One of the verses from last week, I want to bring it into today, was Luke chapter 2. says this about Jesus. He increased in wisdom and in stature. And in favor with God and man. He increased in favor. If you want to be more like Jesus, don't just get older, increase in favor. Don't just see favor as something that was on Jesus. See favor as something that you and I need because in order to fulfill your purpose, you need God's favor. Now, ultimately, Jesus is the greatest expression of God's favor. If you want to kind of reduce this whole series down to anything, it's just get more of Jesus in 2020. Let more of him get in you. Let more of him flow through you. That really is the basis of favor. It's really the ultimate expression of favor. And so um, align yourself in a way that Jesus becomes higher priority in your life. Last week, I'll give you one more uh, statement from last week, and then we'll get into some new stuff today. But you do not earn God's favor but you can be out of position to receive it. Just like grace, you can't earn God's grace, you only have to receive it, but you can only receive it if you're in a posture of humility, a posture of openness, a posture of surrender and trust to God. You have to be in the right position to receive the free gift God has for you. Same is true with favor. Last week we talked about our mouths, today I wanna talk about our hands and our heart 
and what we may need to let go of so we can get to where God wants us to be. Do you know that you can hold on to something over here when God wants you over here and his favor is going to be poured out over here, but you're still over here holding on to something? You got something in your heart, got something in your hand, and when you learn to release the thing that God's asking you to uh, release, you position yourself for greater favor. I want to take you to a story in the Bible that illustrates this. There's many. This one happens to happen in a famine a famine in the Bible was their worst economic uh, uh, cycle. So crops failed, uh, animals died, uh, people's fortunes often dried up in many different ways. Hardship came to people, and yet you'll see in this story, favor shows up in a famine. How many are glad God doesn't just show up on the mountaintops, he's willing to show up in the famine? in the drought, in the difficulty, in the bad medical report, in the, in the bad financial report, in the relationship that didn't work the way you wanted it to work. God can show up in difficulty. Anybody glad that the Bible isn't just God's highlight reels? You know, where it's just the good things that God did for people that were doing good. No, God showed us in his word that he sees people in difficulty. He sees people in droughts. He actually, in this story, one of the things I love about this story, it involves a person who's not socially, uh, politically, religiously, racially connected in any kind of way, and yet God still sees her. It's a young mom. It's a widowed young mom. It's a poor widowed young mom living in Zarephath. Say Zarephath. I don't know a lot about Zarephath, but it sounds like Podunk, right? Little obscure town. In fact, it's outside of Israel, outside of the, the country of Israel. It's not even in the promised land. And so God sees a woman outside of the circle. Most of the Old Testament is about the people that live in Israel, the people that are living in the promised land. But God wants you and I to know that he sees people more than we see people. He's got stories for people on the other side of the boundary, on the outside edge of things that they might not even realize. And that's where I want to pick up this story says this, sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, and Elijah is God's prophet. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have, a, I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Elijah is God's man, and yet he too is being negatively affected by this drought. And the very thing that he has been depending on, this particular stream, has also dried up. Anybody glad God's got multiple streams of blessing? He doesn't just have one. So if something dries up, don't, don't get all bitter and bent out of shape if something dries up. When you're in a place for God to bless you, God can allow one stream to dry up so that you actually get up and listen up and step up and move to where he wants you to be. That's actually Elijah's story. And it's kind of a side story for today because I don't want to kind of digress on Elijah today because there's another person I want to look at. But some of you need to know today, just because 2019 didn't produce everything you wanted it to produce doesn't mean that God doesn't have another thing that's coming your way. Sometimes life comes at us in chapters or seasons, and all we need to do is be in tune with God in the season that we're in. And this is Elijah. He gets, up, he gets up from one thing that dried up to go to where God wanted to show favor. And so in this story, enter the little widow. Um, I, I, I kind of I describe her that way. I don't know that she was little, but I picture the little widow, the widow widow. 
That's more fun to say. Though a widow, widow in the Bible. And uh, this is really going to be a two-for-one special when it comes to God's favor because he's not only going to bless the unnamed uh, single widowed mom, he's going to also bless Elijah. It's a two-for-one deal in this story, and it's a great story where favor is bigger than just your house. You know, when favor comes your way, you don't just need to take it as, you know, God bless me. When favor comes your way, you can say, God's now going to bless me and somebody else because favor is bigger than just your house. Let me read the story. So Elijah went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. He called to her and he asked, would you bring me a little uh, water in a jar so that I may drink. So it wasn't unusual to come into a town and they've got a well and you don't have a jug and to ask somebody there to help you. And I don't know if Elijah just had a sense that she was the one or whether she was just at the right place at the right time, but enter the widow, widow. I promise I won't do that every time, maybe. Um, But here she is. And he says to her, would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have something to drink? And as she was going, he called and bring me, please, a piece of bread. Throw some fries onto my order, too. I'd like a little bread with that. And then she says, as surely as the Lord your God lives. So again, she doesn't live in Israel. Somewhere she either knows about this man or he's got a reputation or he just, she has a sense that he's from Israel, and she references his God. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replies, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I'm gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. I think it's safe to say she's not very optimistic about the future, (laughs) right? This is our last meal. The headlines have been declaring that there's no relief for this famine and we've run out of everything and we're down to the last meal. Little does she know, favor is around the corner. I want to tell somebody today, because I felt like today, there's people that came out of 2019 into 2020 and you still have some difficulty and maybe you walked in here today where your difficulty has turned into despair. This woman is now in a state of despair. She doesn't realize God's watching over her. God's going to bring a miracle into her life. She's that close, but she can't give up. Somebody needs to hear, do not give up. God's closer than you think. Favor is closer than you think. It's just around the corner. God's going to speak and then you just need to align yourself and something's going to happen. Do not give up when God is on the scene. And so here the story continues. But Elijah said to her, and I got to think that even uh, the people of God, the men and women of God sometimes would argue with God and then it's not in the Bible. And I'm just speculating. I wonder if he had a hard time saying what he's going to say next but he does it because God wanted him to. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do what you have said, but first, say but first, but first make a small loaf of bread for me. A small loaf. That would make that a widow wolf. Okay, I promise, I'm done. Maybe. All right. Make a small loaf of bread for me, from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Now, 
here comes God's super on her natural. She's going to cook, but God's going to do something bigger than just her cooking. Supernatural is when God shows up and, do, and does something bigger than you can do. And so he continues, he says this, For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. In other words, this economic cycle is going to end. She doesn't know it's going to be three and a half years from now, but God's already telling her what you have will not run out for three and a half years. You can count on me to keep helping you out. You thought you were running out. I'm showing up with favor, and you're going to have more than you need. Praise God for that. You got to open your hand to what God is asking you to give to him. And when you open your hand, you never know what God might pour into you and how long that blessing will carry you into the future. That's part of this story. But imagine again, you're her. I have to think, because here's a stranger, she doesn't know Elijah. I got to think that the first thought in her mind was, are you crazy? You, you're asking, you know, like, I've already lost my husband. I've lost my primary source of income. Then a drought comes. I've spent all my money. We've eaten all of our food. We're down to the very last thing. I'm talking about my last meal, and you want part of that first? Are you crazy? And yet, for untold reasons, because we're not given the details in Scripture, she chooses to listen to God's voice coming through this guy, this prophet of God named Elijah. And she went away, the Bible says, and as Elijah told her, so there was food as she went away, there was food every day, and then catch this, for Elijah, for the woman and her family. For the jar, jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the, the, the word of the Lord spoken to Elijah. Again, this is going to go on for three and a half years. You're going to consume some one day, and then you're going to get up the next morning, and the jar's full again. You're going to consume some more that day, you know, and you're going to open up the oil, and it's all full again. And then the next day, you're going to use some, and the next day, it gets full again. And so I just, like, I wonder if at some point she didn't throw some big parties. I wonder how far this will go. I wonder if I just empty completely out, the, you know, like, what's going to happen? Next day, it's completely full again. Three and a half years. She uses it, it gets filled back up. She uses it, it gets filled back up. It is a miraculous provision from God for her to fulfill her purpose. I'm grateful that there's favor in the middle of a famine. I'm grateful that God shows up to some unnamed single mom on the wrong side of a border to let her know that he's bigger than her problem. He is greater than the famine. He hasn't left her out of what he wants to accomplish. And we get a little glimpse, and we're supposed to apply it to our lives, that God, right when I get to the end of myself, that's about the time you're going to show up and do something I couldn't have ever done on my own. So I love this story. And I love the fact that this lady becomes a favored dispenser, too. Because it wasn't just about the blessings she got. Do you realize that Elijah stays in this story for the next three and a half years? So the man of God is provided by this lady for the next three and a half years. I'll just say it one more time. Favor is bigger than your house. Favor is bigger than your immediate problem. God can show up in your life and he doesn't just help you. He helps you so you can help somebody else. That's the great thing about this story. And he didn't just do that. God didn't just do that. God put her story in the Bible. You know what that's been doing? 
For thousands of years now, people have been telling her story. In other words, she's been a favor to Spencer for thousands of years. There's no way that lady ever saw that one coming. You know, but in a, in a very clear way, God, she positioned herself, God poured his favor on her, and she's been pouring out favor for thousands of years. People have been encouraged by her story. People have been willing to trust and obey God because if, if a little... Um, uh, widow in the Old Testament that's living on the wrong side of the border can have the favor of God, then maybe I can too. And she's been helping people for years. I imagine if she lived today, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, they would all be telling her, I don't know when the drought's going to end. It's probably never end. You know, the whole planet's just going to burn down. Like, you know, like you might as well just pull the covers up over your head and just die. I mean, you might as well do that because all they have is the earthly perspective. You got to get God's perspective. You got to hear from God in the middle of your difficulty because even in this story, it's implied, but God. Yeah, there's a famine, but God showed up. Yeah, there's a widowed lady who lost her husband, but God's got some more chapters to write in her life. Her greatest loss isn't going to be her legacy. God's favor is going to be her story for thousands of years to come. Yeah, there was a difficulty. Yeah, there was a setback. Yeah, there was this thing, but God Come on, you got to get a but God theology in your spirit so that when something happens, you don't put a period where God put a comma. There's, there's a difficulty, not period, there's a difficulty, comma, but God's still working. That thing happened, comma, but God showed up and did something because you positioned yourself to receive from him, and then he took you out of that pit, out of that challenge, out of that difficulty, and set you up. Come on, this is God's good news. And sometimes we read these stories in the Bible like there's somebody else's God put this story in the Bible so every one of us could identify. Man, if you can do it for her, maybe you can do it for me. Well, God will. If you do what she did, she trusted God with what was in her hand. She trusted God with what was in her heart. Because you realize in this story, despair had set in in her heart. You know how strong despair is? Despair makes you see things a certain way. Despair makes you lose your energy, your hope, your dreams. All that set aside because all of a sudden despair has gotten in her heart. But at some point she was willing to trust God and set her despair aside. And then she was in the right position for God to show up. Sometimes things get in our heart. Anger gets in our heart. Bitterness gets in our heart. Unforgiveness, resentment, um, self-centeredness. And all these kinds of things get in our heart. At some point you got to do what she did. you got to trust your heart to God. You got to let go of some of that stuff that got in so God can pour his favor in in place of all that stuff. Here's the lesson. Letting go of something in your hand or heart is another key to positioning yourself to receive more of God's favor. Letting go positions you for receiving more. Letting go positions you for receiving more. I find it interesting that it literally involves something that was in her hand. Some, some dough. She was going to mix it up. She was going to bake it. She was going to hold it in her hand. She was going to consume it. It was something that she had. It, it involved a relationship because there's her son 
and she references him too. There's me, and then there's my son, and we don't really have any hope left, but we do have this little thing, and we're going to consume it. And then the man of God comes and says, don't do that. Put God first and see what happens. Let go of your thinking. Let go of your ideas. Let go of your limited thinking and put God first and see what God will do with that little thing that was in your hand because she puts significance on that particular piece of bread. That wasn't just any bread. That was her last meal. Don't we all do this? Don't we all, you know, attach significance to certain things? It can be a relationship. And I've seen this, you know, over the years. Uh, somebody, you know, comes into a relationship with Jesus, but they're still holding on to an old relationship from the past. And, and they, they, I've heard lines like this, Pastor, but you just don't know how cute he is. Maybe not. You don't know how fun she is. Maybe not. But God's speaking to you, and he's saying, you don't know what a divided heart he has. You don't know that she hasn't put me first. And so five years from now, she's not going to be following me, and she's not going to be following you. She's heading a different direction. People get into business relationships with people, and it's not the right thing. And at some point, God's warning them, don't make that association. Don't make that connection. Yeah, but they've got all these things. They're telling me they're making all these promises, but deep down inside, you know it's from God. You're, it's not from God. And you're resisting what God is saying because you're holding on to what you think this is going to produce. But God all along says, if you hold on to that, that's going to take you into a direction that your purpose doesn't involve. I've seen people that are in marriages be pulled out of marriages because they formed an association with someone at their work that should have never happened. And they start entertaining that relationship more than they're entertaining their marriage. And all of a sudden, they don't want to let go of that because that person says things to me that I like. That person says things I want to hear. And we're holding on to the wrong thing. I want to tell you something. For some of us today, it's letting go of that thing that's going to hold you back from doing all God wants you to do. For some people, it's, it's uh, finances, it's money. Um, I think this goes back to kind of the 1970s or 80s, but, but, you know, it used to be that money was called dough. Got my dough, you know. Got my dough in my hand. And my, my dough, like, God, don't mess with my dough, right? Don't mess with my bread. And, um, and yet, isn't it interesting in this story? Same principle. God says, give it to me first. Tithing is you giving to God first. First 10%. And you know what people have been saying for thousands of years? God, don't mess with my dough. That, you know, that's all I got. If I give it to you, I'll have less for me. If, you know, or other people, you know, they've actually consumed a lot. They've actually done pretty well. They got a whole bakery full of dough. Like, God, don't with me. Like, I've been working my whole life to get this big batch of dough. Don't mess with that. But let me ask you this. How well did it work out for this lady? Trusting God with her little loaf. Three and a half years of not having to go to Safeway? That's a pretty good deal. Like, God, I gave you a little loaf. I thought it was the last I had. I thought it was so important. I thought it was so significant. I thought if I gave it to you, I'd have less for me. But God, when I put you first, the windows of heaven opened, and for the next three and a half years, I didn't have to buy another loaf of Wonder Bread. I didn't have to go to the grocery store and buy the oil. You just kept, you know, filling it back up, filling it back up. You did a miracle when I put you first. Don't live your life measuring everything by the natural when God's got a supernatural story you could walk in. There are things that get into our lives. I'll just say it once again. Maybe it's not the thing that's in your hand. Maybe it's the thing that's in your heart. Do you know how easy it is for resentment to get into our heart? I've never met a person that wanted to hold on to resentment, but I see a lot of people doing it. 
You know, how's that resentment going? Well, it just started off as a grudge. How's that grudge going? Pretty good. I've been nursing it for a lot of years. Isn't that an interesting phrase, nurse a grudge? Is that, is, that nurse, is that grudge getting bigger? Oh, yeah, I've been feeding it every day. Every day I think about how, how, how bad I was, you know, how, how people did me wrong. I just keep feeding it. I just keep talking about it. Every time I get together with you, it's like and then one day it turns into resentment, and then resentment turns into bitterness, and then anger sets into your life as the default setting. You didn't let go of the thing that God wanted you to let go at the time he wanted uh, you to give it to him. There are people that walked into this room, walked into 2020 carrying regret from 2019. In fact, I bet some of you have regret that goes back to 2000, year 2000. Maybe it was into the 90s. Maybe it was into the 80s. And you still hold in your mind regret. And you know what? You're, under not, you're not understanding the grace of God. You're not understanding the favor of God. You're still living under the assumption you have to pay for that wrong. You know what happened? Jesus paid for it on the cross. You know what God wants to bring into your life? Forgiveness that he already paid for, favor that you don't deserve, because the fact of the matter is we don't deserve God's favor, but he's willing to give it to a person who's willing to position themselves before him. You can't earn his favor. You can't earn his grace, but you can receive it. You can get in your spirit one day that old things can pass away and all things can become new. You can one day say of you, now there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. I stand free. I stand forgiven. I'm a righteous person of God. You can claim that over your life if you surrender your life to Jesus. You can never earn it, but you can live on it the rest of your life because God wants to give it to you. Sometimes we get a lot of comparison in our spirit. Comparison turns into envy and jealousy and all these kinds of things. And doesn't social media play into that? I hate her. <laughs> hate her. Her? Yeah, hate, we really hate her. Hate him, you know. Or it's the other side. We start comparing our life and feeling better about our lives versus everybody else. Loser. <laughs> Huge loser. Unfriend. Act, yeah, I don't need that. You know, like... And, and all, you know, we, we spend so much of our life comparing these pictures of other people's lives and either wanting what they have or feeling better that they don't have what we have. And it gets into our spirit and it's icky and ugly. And God's saying, come on, let go of comparing your story with somebody else because there's only one of you on this planet and God's got a purpose for you. And it's important that you fulfill your purpose, not try to envy somebody else or not try to put somebody down because they don't have yours. And so we got to get this stuff out of our spirit. Sometimes what happens is God wants to put some things in our heart. I'm going to use this as the illustration that this is our treasure, this is our heart. And then God's saying, I want to pour some favor into your heart. And we say, well, God, I'm going to open up my heart to you. And then there's no room in your heart because it's full of, tr of trash that you've been storing up, and you got all this garbage in there, and God's saying, I want to put some favor in there, but there's no room left. All you got in there is bitterness. All you got in there is greed. All you got in there is envy. All you got in there is regret. You got to take out the trash and let God fill it with his treasure. Too many people are treasuring their trash, and they're trashing God's treasure, which is his word that he wants to speak over you. At some point, take out the regret. Take out the shame and the guilt and the greed and all the garbage and say, God, I don't even know how to get rid of this. God does. Jesus took it away on the cross. 
trust your garbage to the work of Jesus Christ on the cross 2,000 years ago because God's power on the cross is bigger than your trash. But we're living in a world, friends, we are living in a world that is trashing God's word and treasuring the words of the world. And somewhere until we get this straightened out, we are not going to have the favor of God in our lives. There are too often times we are wanting what God has, but we haven't positioned ourselves to receive it. Too often people are treasuring what they should be trashing, and they're trashing what they should be treasuring, and it is stopping what they could be receiving. If you want more of God's favor, take time and examine what's in your hand and examine what's in your heart. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these other things can be added to you as well. Seek first the kingdom. Not your house, his house. Not your ways, his ways. Not your thing, God's thing. Like at some point, you just gotta say God first. God first in all of these areas. And part of that is that we let him clean out the garbage that gets into our hearts and we let him take control of the thing that's in our hand rather than us managing it ourselves. We entrust it to God and say, God, I believe that if my heart is open and my hand is open, you can pour some new stuff in. I want you to trust God with your family in 2020. I want you to trust God with your career, with your relationships, with your relationship status, with your past, with your present, with your future. My friends, God's plan for your life is the best plan, and you get in on it when you posture yourself in a position of surrender and just keep on saying that the rest of your life. God, I'm still here. I'm still letting you talk to me. I'm so grateful God doesn't dump everything on me the day I accepted him as my Savior. You know, all he said was the first day, all he said the first day was just, just, just receive my forgiveness. And then throughout my lifetime, there's something new. Let go of that. Take care of that, work on this. It's just the next thing. What is that thing right now that if you keep holding on to it, it's gonna hold you back? What or who are you holding on to that will hold you back from being and doing and enjoying all God has for you? Why don't you start this year off with an open hand and an open heart? Why don't you not just want God's favor, why don't you position yourself to receive God's favor by taking out the garbage, by letting him take out the garbage. I'm gonna ask you to do something today. I wanna keep talking just a little bit longer, but I don't want you to be distracted by anything with your eyes. And sometimes when we close our eyes, our ears get opened a little more. So I'm gonna ask you just to close your eyes. Let me talk over uh, your life a moment and then let me declare over your life God's favor. I believe right now there are people that have fear in your life at such a level that you don't get a good night's sleep. And you feel weight on your life, you're restless at, the, at night, and you're weighed down during the day. And you don't want that fear, I know you don't, you don't want the anxiety, but you're still holding on to memories, you're still holding on to things that got into your spirit at some point, and you keep coming back to those anchor points in your life, and I believe today, God wants to break free some of the chains that are holding us back, some of the memories that have held us down, some of the taunting that has been going on in your spirit. I believe God wants to break that cycle today like he would break a record that just is on repeat over and over. God wants to give some of you a transform mind as you get into his word in 2020, God is going to restore your thinking. You're going to get rid of some of that toxic thinking because you're going to get into God's word and God is going to rewrite some of the actual thoughts in your mind with his word. 
Some of you have had some brokenness in 2019 or before, and you've been carrying that brokenness, and I believe God's saying, I want to bring healing into your life in 2020. I want you to be healed from the inside out. You have been walking with that. That thing that happened to you is not the thing that's going to define you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to put you on a path that's different than the path that you've been on. Some of you have not realized that you already have favor and you're supposed to be a greater favor dispenser. And really what you've been doing is coming to church every week saying, what's in it for me? And that's not a wrong prayer, that's just a limited prayer. In 2020, I believe many of you are gonna be like this young mom. I don't believe that she even had any idea that she could be used by God in the way that she was. Some of you are gonna lay down your, your fears over that. Lay down all of your excuses over why you haven't yet trusted God with serving or giving or going or speaking or in whatever way he wants to use you. I believe God's gonna put some dreams in some of your heart about who might find Jesus because of your life. I'm gonna pray over that in just a minute like Crystal prayed over it. I believe there's gonna be people in 2020 that come to Christ that surprise some of us in this room. They think, oh my goodness, I didn't think she would ever come to Jesus. I didn't think he would ever get saved. I didn't think they would ever get their lives together. But look at them, praise God, his spirit came to their life too. And so even right now, let me just pray that over us. Jesus, in 2020, we want more of your favor. We wanna be in a position to receive more of your favor. For those of you that have never accepted Jesus Christ, right now, forgiveness is flowing your direction. From the cross of Jesus Christ, right now, you are being informed that you can be forgiven from every single thing, past, present, and future, but you gotta say yes to right now, the Spirit of the Lord saying to you, you can be a child of God. You can come into the kingdom of God. The old can pass away and all things can become new. You gotta say yes to that right now. Some of you that have already done that, but you're, you're, you know you're living below the potential that God has for you because you're holding on to something in this earth and you put too much attention or too much significance on a thing. And right now God is saying, let go of that. Trust me with that. I, I have more things than you even realize. And I believe new dreams right now are coming into people's lives. You'll start dreaming some new things. That thing you gave up on, God's gonna resurrect it and give you hope. He's gonna take despair and he's gonna drive despair out and he's going to give you new faith for the place that you have felt failure in. God's going to raise you up. God's going to strengthen you. God's going to resource you. His favor is flowing in your direction. Some of you in 2020, the relationships that you have had, God's going to do new things. God's going to work in them. God's going to do something in your spirit. You're going to be ready for the next thing because of what you're saying yes to right now. And I also believe that the people that need to come to Christ, so right now I want to declare some things over the greater Bay Area. Lord, I know what's been spoken over the San Francisco Bay Area. People have written it off. People have said the ground is too hard. The people are too far gone. Jesus, right now, we just want to declare this property is yours in Jesus' name. The greater Bay Area, you died for the Bay Area too, Jesus, and we just declare your salvation and your kingdom come on earth, on our part of earth as it is in heaven. Let the Spirit of Christ move into the Bay Area in such a way history has never seen it, and history will not be able to explain it outside of a sovereign work of God. 
And so we're going to talk, start talking about it already. We're going to start talking about the baptisms that are going to come in 2020. We're going to talk about family members that come to Christ. People that have said, stop talking to me about Jesus, are going to start calling us up, saying, are you still going to church? Are you still trusting God? I need you to pray for me. I need to get to that place you're going to. Lord, you are going to surprise us when we position ourselves to be surprised. And so, Lord, take us into quiet places with you where you speak dreams over our lives, where you reassure us, where you anoint us, where your word comes alive to us. And take even advantage of the next few minutes as we lift up your name in worship. Jesus, seal this word in our spirits today. I pray in Jesus' name. And if you receive that and you're ready to worship God, would you just use your hands that we talked about today? Let's get ready for a little bit more worship before we wrap up.